It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio. With Greg Davis. Priority Talk. Welcome to Priority Talk Radio. I'll be your host tonight, Nate Williams. We have Andrew in the studio. Greg Davis is out for tonight, but he'll be back next week. So here we are on this Friday night looking towards the weekend. And I'm trying to think, what do I got going on this weekend? I will be doing a lot of yard work. I know that. I've talked about that this week, I think. Just some stuff I need to get to. And uh, hanging out with friends and family. So that's always exciting. That's always a good thing. So uh, what are we talking about in this first hour? We're talking news and politics. In the second hour, we'll talk ministry and culture. And so as we've done a lot this week, we tend to update you on the the Dadeville shooting and uh, something tragic that happened last Saturday, last Saturday at about 10.30 at night, I believe. Uh, there was a shooting, a lot of people injured, 32. And most heartbreaking of all, there have been four people who have passed away. And at first, when Greg and I talked about it, I think it was on Monday, we were kind of unsure of... Uh, things just seem to be developing very slowly, not a lot of information, but now it makes sense. This was apparently, there were several people involved, because we were thinking, well, if it's just one shooter, like, go get the shooter, right? You don't want that person running around, but it's, it looked like there was a group of people involved, and that's awful, obviously. Um the Alabama.com, AL.com reports, six now jailed in Dadeville Sweet 16 party shootings. Very complicated investigation, DA says. And Greg and I were talking about how it would be very difficult for one person with, uh, we eventually learned that uh, this person used handguns. We're like, okay, 32 people injured. Four people have passed away. They've been killed, again, tragically. How could one person do all of that with handguns? Like, you'd have to have multiple, maybe uh, change magazines. Uh, there, there would be some shots that were missed. And this makes sense. It also makes sense why Aaliyah took its time, just a little bit of time, to make sure uh, things were done correctly. And so, as, as usual, I'm not going to say as always... But as usual, when law enforcement takes its time with certain things, it's for a good reason. So this is from the article from Carol Robinson. Two more suspects have been arrested in connection with the shooting at a Sweet 16 birthday party that killed four and injured 32 others, officials said Thursday. The Alabama Law Enforcement Agency announced charges against Willie George Brown Jr. He is 19 and lives in Auburn. Uh, 
And uh, this person's charged with four counts of reckless murder. Details of his arrest were not made public. He was the fifth suspect charged so far. Uh, on Thursday evening, District Attorney Mike Seagrest said a sixth suspect, a 15-year-old, was taken into custody late this afternoon. Seagrest did not identify the suspect or say where the suspect lived. And Anaya's law hearing is scheduled for 10 a.m. Tuesday, and Seagrest said details should emerge about the crime then. From his perspective, he said the investigation has already been far-reaching and demanding. Obviously, with the number of victims, it was very complicated to reconstruct, he said. Just processing the crime scene took the better part of a day. There was establishing a command post on Monday and interviewing the witnesses, and then the number of witnesses makes it tedious and time-consuming to try to make sure that we identify the proper suspects. And so there have just been several arrests. I think we're up to six now, according to the article. And it's awful, and it's terrible. And we want to make sure to be in prayer, and uh, be in prayer for the community, for the families, friends, the, the churches, the schools, in a, in a smaller community, in any place, definitely. But in a smaller community, it's going to be particularly devastating because you always hear it, right? It, it, you never thought it would happen here. That's what's always said. It, it happens other places, maybe in the big cities and stuff, but not, not here. That's what people often say. So let's be praying. And it's during this time when you offer what's, you know, I guess it's a little cliche, thoughts and prayers. You'll have a lot of people that'll come out and say, oh, well, what, what good did the prayers do? Can prayers bring back people to life? Like, why do you pray? It's a waste of time. Like, it's dumb. And this is what I say to those people. Prayer does a few things. One, prayer transforms the person doing the prayer, uh, the, the person praying. When we pray, God transforms our hearts because prayer is an act of worship. So when we pray, God is, is removing the selfishness. He is fixing our eyes. He is opening our eyes to the world around us and to his to, to who he is and all of his glory. So prayer helps to tra change us, first and foremost. Well, I don't want to say first and foremost because it's not really about us, but that's just one of the things that it does. Um, another thing that prayer does is it kind of primes you for action. Prayer is, you're not supposed to stop with prayer. You're supposed to go and after you pray, take action. I know sometimes before I have a difficult conversation, I know that I'll go to the Lord in prayer. God, help me talk to this person. God, help me know what to say. Help me to listen well. And then after I've prayed, I feel like, okay, my soul is in a good place. I'm ready for action. So if, if all you do is pray... You've missed the point because we're not just supposed to pray. It's pray and act. Go live. Go serve. Go love. Go meet needs. But that's just what I say to um, to to people. Uh, 
that's what I say to people, because you'll often get that a lot from atheists, agnostics, non-religious people. What's the use of prayer? But there, And then obviously, another reason why we pray is God does listen. He, he works miracles. He changes lives. And because he listens, uh, we know that's one of the ways we know that he loves us. It's that relationship with our Heavenly Father. So anyways, not to make this whole segment about prayer, I just think it's important to talk about. Um, and then the story goes, uh, the party, is where, where this happened, the party was for Dowdell's sister, Alexis Dowdell, who said her brother died protecting her. Now, Alexis Dowdell's brother, uh, Phil Stavius Dowdell, was one of the one of the four who who was killed. Um, but anyways, the party for Alexis, um, uh, she said that she dove to the floor near the DJ as the dozens of revelers ran. She didn't know where to run, in part because shots seemed to come from multiple directions. When there was a break in gunfire, she bolted for the door, but someone pushed her. It was her brother trying to protect her. And so that's just, uh, what a good brother. Um, I know that I have three sisters, and uh, let's say we were at a party, and uh, I, you know would hope that I would be heroic and brave enough in that party, you know, if something like that were to happen, to, to do the same. And so Philstavius, I believe is his name, um, wanted to protect Alexis. And, uh, you know, it's just heartbreaking that, that it's just happening so often. But I think as of now, I could be wrong, but that's some of the latest news. Uh, six now jailed in Dadeville Sweet 16 party shootings. Very complicated investigation, according to the DA. So let's, again, be praying. Let's see if we can't uh, raise money, uh, fundraise for medical costs and funeral costs and all of that. Because while money obviously can't replace the lives that are lost... Um, it can it can help uh, it can help to uh, help people with uh, all the bills um, families that these things get expensive and so money does not replace lives obviously but it's it's a way of serving and then um, hopefully you know Lord willing the churches and the schools and all the civic organizations in the area they'll, they'll be doing the best that they can. Um, uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about this. There's been some interesting reactions. For instance, there was um, someone uh, saying that the law enforcement, they're hypocrites for charging the Dadeville shooting suspects as adults. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. And then next up, we'll also talk about a big gathering of Satanists in Boston and how it's an evangelistic opportunity for Christians. Y'all, this is WXJC Radio, Priority Talk. Check out our website, PriorityTalkRadio.com. We'll be right back after the break. Priority Talk. 
This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well-equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630. This is Glenn Coffey, former running back of the Alabama Crimson Tide, and you're listening to Grad Davis on Priority Talk. This is Priority Talk Radio. Uh, this is Nate Williams right here, and we have Andrew in the studio. Greg Davis is out for tonight, but he'll be back next week. And in the first segment before the break, we talked uh, about an update with the Dadeville shooting. Uh, y'all, just terrible, tragic stuff. It's, it's awful that now it's not even adults. You know, oftentimes adults will make poor decisions. And while you don't want that, there there's a, is a part of it that it's like it's adults making the decisions. But what happens when you have uh, things involving kids, it's kids being shot. It's, it's, it gets to the level where you start thinking along the lines of, it's not fair. Why does this happen? You should be able to go to a Sweet 16 party without fearing getting shot and i talked about this a little bit with greg earlier in the week but sometimes now i just look at social events and i don't want to be cynical i don't want to be that person but when i'm thinking of like a big ball game or going to a large shopping center with tons of people i'm like man what what if today's the day where things just don't go well and it's sad that that's the world we live in but it is uh, speaking of just the debate over adults, children a little bit, how do you classify the shooters? Um, there is an article on 1819 News. Alabama Democratic Party Vice Chair Tabitha Isner uh, says that law enforcement, they're hypocrites for charging dateable shooting suspects as adults. As a, a fifth suspect was arrested Thursday, so that's yesterday, this, this article is going to be a little behind, uh, Thursday, in connection to the fatal shooting on April 15th at a Sweet 16 party in Dadeville, Alabama Democratic Party Vice Chairman Tabitha Isner condemned the hypocrisy of law enforcement for charging the suspects as adults. Alabama law enforcement, these teens are our children, darn it. I'm going to modify that word. Darn it. They are only children and we must take extra care to protect them, Isner tweeted. 
But then you turn around and says, uh, no one messes with our children. Also, by the way, we will be charging these teenagers as adults. Hashtag hypocrisy. Hashtag Dadeville. So she, and, and on the surface, it seems to be making a, a point that like, oh, we talk about, oh, these are just children. Sweet 16, they're so young, they're minors. Why would you then turn around and charge the shooters as adults? Because you're talking about protecting the children. Well, they're children as well, wouldn't you charge them as minors? And and I, I see the logic a little bit, but I would have to say I disagree that these people, these criminals, murderers, they made a very adult decision to go and shoot up a a party. That's an adult decision. And if you're going to make adult decisions, then you need to be tried as an adult. But I understand, I guess, some of the logic. I just disagree with it. Uh, what do y'all think? 202. 249-5592. That's our text number. 202-249-5592. Text the letters P-T-R to that number. You'll join our text line. Uh, again, only Greg and I will be able to see your messages. This is not a group text. Don't, do not worry. And when we respond, we'll respond just to you if, if you comment in. But give me your thoughts, comments, questions on that. Do you think they should be charged as adults? I, I, I think so, but I'd understand where, you know, some people might disagree. Uh, she was continuing with the article. She was ostensibly referring to comments made by District Attorney Mike Seagrass. These are my kids. These are our kids. Don't mess with our kids. Do not mess with our kids. However, where Seagrest was referring to the four children killed and 32 injured in the shooting, Isner was advocating for the alleged murderers. And, and, and that's where I draw the line. I'm like, okay, they're not going to be the same. The decision to go to a Sweet 16 party as a minor, that's, that's a, a Sweet 16. By definition, that's a minor party. That's kids, teens. But then when you go with evil intentions to to shoot people and knowing you'll you'll more than likely murder people that you're shooting, um, that's an adult decision. So I, I think it's it's false to equate the two as the same. But anyways, that's just some thoughts. And it kind of continues the democratic trend of trivializing cr crime done by young people. I think it was Chicago recently that had to deal with large amounts of looting, with large amounts of young adults or teens, kind of hard to know all the ages. They went around looting and, and beating people up, and it was terrible. But then afterwards, I believe this was in Chicago, but I could be wrong. Afterwards, I think the Chicago mayor, I need to verify this, but someone high up, a, a politician basically said, well, they they make silly decisions because they're young, and and kind of like excusing it, like oh, young people, you know, they go make silly decisions, and and I wanted to think, I wanted to be like, that's true, silly decisions, like haha, pranks, I take some shoes that are not mine and I toss them up on the roof somewhere, haha, so funny, silly prank. I get that at that level. 
But when you're shooting people, murdering people, looting, assaulting, uh, destroying, and burning, that's... I don't care your age. Your young adult or uh, older teen, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. I get that the brain is not fully, fully developed till your mid-20s. And I think guys mature at a slower rate than ladies. But that still is no excuse. You should know better. Where are the parents and the families? Where, where are the fathers? It's it's awful. So that's kind of been a recent democratic trend to kind of trivialize terrible things that young adults and teens do. It's like, oh, it's just silly decisions. I'm like... Oh, I just, I just don't agree. But I want to hear your thoughts. Make sure to text in at 202-249-5592. I want to hear your thoughts. Y'all, in other news, uh, this is from the Christian Post. There's a harvest of lost souls. Christians prepare to share Jesus with thousands at Boston's SatanCon. You think like Comic-Con? SatanCon 2023 is fast approaching. I did not know this was an actual thing, but anyways. And intercessors from across America say they feel led by God to travel to Boston to witness to the thousands of Satanists who will be in attendance for what has been billed as the largest Satanic gathering in history. The gathering, scheduled to take place in downtown Boston on April 28th and 30th, is being toted as, I'm probably not going to pronounce this right, Hexenach in Boston. That's a quote, Hexenach in Boston, a German phrase that means witch's night in Boston. The event is, in, is being held intentionally in Beantown in response to Boston Mayor Michelle Wu not allowing satanic invocations at city events. The temple sued the city for denying its request in July 2021 to raise its flag at Boston City Hall in honor of Satan Appreciation Week. Uh, the regional leaders in Boston for Intercessors for America, IFA, Scottish sisters Susie and Lynn McCaskill, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, say hundreds of believers from several denominations will come together in unity not to pray the event away, but instead pray for revival to break out among the attendees in Jesus' name. Amen with for that. Susie revealed that God changed her prayers about the event. I initially went to prayer with a preconceived idea that God would want this to be prayed away. It was following this assumption that I was awakened through the night with a clear sense of, this is my harvest field, Susie told the Christian Post. Anyways, I... I like that way of thinking, if I'm being honest. I do. That, yes, we can pray for certain things to not happen. We don't want this event to happen. We don't want that event to happen. And I get the reason and the logic behind it. Anything that does not glorify God, we would rather not happen, sure. But also, what, what about the evangelism opportunity? You're going to have, let me see, what did they say? Thousands of Satanists from all across the country, or maybe the world, I don't know where they're all be from, 
and they're all in one area, what better chance to evangelize? Now, yes, you don't want SatanCon to happen at all in a perfect world, sure. But what better opportunity to share the love of Christ? And I think Christians need to have that that kind of that that attitude because sometimes with you know certain marches and certain uh, LGB type events we're like oh God please don't let that happen but what if we also just tried to evangelize I think about this with illegal immigration I don't care about politics when it comes to evangelism with this topic we have our different opinions on border wall how many immigrants should come in a year legal illegal immigrants la 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 sure fine whatever but if we have illegal immigrants in our area let's go evangelize to them let's share the gospel with them and the government can work out whatever the government does from a legal standpoint but from a spiritual Christian soul-winning standpoint, I'm going to use that terminology, that's quite the opportunity that, that, we, that they might never get again. They might, if let's say they're deported or whatever ends up happening to a certain illegal immigrant, that, I don't know if there will be the gospel wherever they end up, but I know I have the gospel, and I know they're right across from me. So why not go and share it with them and let the legal stuff work its way out, you know, and, and you just want to introduce them to Jesus. Those are my thoughts. And so I, I take that approach now, or I try to, that sure, we don't want certain things to happen like Satan Con, but also... What an opportunity to pray and to serve and to love and reach out to them. Those are just uh, those are just my thoughts. Um, let's see what else is happening there. I think that's most of what I wanted to talk about with the article. Um, anyways, y'all, what are your thoughts? Make sure to text in. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk about a common pro-choice tactic that was used in, in, a, in a story. I'll read part of the story and I'll talk about the tactic and be aware of it because uh, it's, it's coming around. It's very popular. Y'all, this is WXJC Radio, Priority Talk. We are on Mondays through Fridays, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Scale your business with a dedicated team of experts. A marketing vendor focuses on profit. A marketing partner focuses on your business. With Dot Edison, there is no more taking, only serving. Feel great about your marketing with Dot Edison. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at dotedison.com. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like, ooh, ah, yeah, ooh, my life be yeah. like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, yeah, ooh. Welcome back yeah. to Priority Talk Radio on this Friday night. Greg Davis is out for tonight. This is Nate Williams, and we have Andrew in the studio. And uh, first hour, we're talking news and politics second hour we'll be talking ministry and 
culture. We'll talk a little apologetics in that second hour, so y'all make sure to stay tuned. But what we'll talk now is is something that's very common with with pro choice, uh, the pro choice movement. And so I'll read a story from the free press, and I like the free press. I don't agree with everything it says. It's kind of like a center, slight center left place, but I think it's fairly fair. And I think we should, as always, my advice is to get your news from a wide variety of news sources just to kind of just hear the different angles and of, of the same stories, get it from different angles. And uh, I'll read the story and we'll talk about it. This is from Jenny Haunts. Having a baby made me even more pro-choice. And so automatically you're like, huh, that's weird. Typically you think it would be the opposite. When you have children, you'd become more pro-life. But anyways, having a baby made me even more pro-choice. I had no problem getting pregnant at 38. The problem was staying pregnant. In the beginning, things seemed normal. Healthy and energized, I was working and teaching yoga through my 27th week, just over six months. Then suddenly, my abdomen started tightening at regular intervals, and I knew I was going through contractions far too early. I went to the doctor who diagnosed me with an irritable uterus and prescribed bed rest and pills to prevent the contractions from progressing. And then the story goes on. Basically, it got worse and it got worse, and it was like a nightmare pregnancy. Not great. Uh, and uh, anyways, just uh, she goes into some detail about that. And she was worried, and she was worried. Eventually, it was time to give birth. There's a lot of pain. And uh, they had to, the doctors had to perform an emergency C-section to save, um, to save the baby's life. And uh, anyway, so just just ter- terrible, and it's awful. I'm so sorry that she had to go through that. Um, anyways, she goes on to talk about the, the baby, uh, who, who he is now. Maxwell is now 13. He's getting straight A's and plays soccer and just learn to solve a Rubik's Cube. But lately I find myself thinking back to Christmas Eve 2009 when when that whole ordeal happened, when I was stuck in the hospital, essentially chained to a bed, and the decade plus of raising a child that has followed, and I think, I was willing to do almost anything to save my son, but I did not want to die. And she goes on to talk about the recent pro-life laws that have been issued, that Roe v. Wade fell, they're talking about the abortion pill, that's all the way to the Supreme Court. She talks about how 13 states in the U.S., you know, Missouri, Texas, South Dakota, have full bans on abortion, including in the cases of rape and incest. Uh, This is me talking now, uh, Nate. Uh, We in Alabama have the finest pro-life law in the nation. And uh, I stand for it strongly. Now back to what how she describes things. In Georgia and soon likely Florida, I think it has happened in Florida, abortions are legal only up, to, uh, up until six weeks when many women don't know that they're pregnant. Abortion bans in six more states are blocked until, until courts decide whether to allow them. And uh, she gives the game away here. 
In one of the paragraphs, she writes, The new abortion laws do not prevent abortion in the case of saving the mother. Bam. She gave the game away. But already women are saying in the post-Roe world, their lives have been put at risk because doctors fear possible prosecution. Y'all, what happens is pro-choice people will tell the most harrowing, awful stories. And they are legitimately awful. Please hear me when I say that to the ladies out there listening. I, I fully understand that sometimes the pregnancy process does not go well. But they'll tell these terrible stories like what Jenny went through. And they'll say, well, that's why we need abortion. But she just gave the game away in the middle of the article she's writing by saying that all these abortion laws that she cites, they always make an exception. And this has been the traditional pro-life view going back way before me, that abortion should not be allowed unless the life of the mother is at risk. So if something like this happens where Jenny could have died or something else could have happened where another lady could have died, abortion is permissible in those situations to save the life of the mother. And But, but they, they know that. They know that that takes their number one rhetorical weapon, rhetorical weapon away from them. But then they'll try to say, well, the, the pro-life laws are scary. Six-week abortion bans are scary. Ten-week bans are scary. Doctors might get scared and not perform abortions. Well, that's just, again, it's a scare tactic that's not true. Oh, this was another common one when Roe v. Wade fell. Oh, miscarriages. You mean to tell me that I'm going to have to have this miscarried, um, uh, this, this baby who's, who's no longer living inside of me for nine months and only then uh, can I, can I um, you know, remove the, the, the uh, baby from my womb? Like, no, miscarriage care miscarriage care is not an abortion but they'll try to say that that if you miscarry a baby you're gonna have to keep it with you for as long as possible no that's not true um let's see what else ectopic pregnancies that's another one uh, ectopic pregnancies where it's like the life of the mother is at risk and she could she could die well abortion in those situations it, it is allowed and so just be aware in this highly volatile, highly emotional conversation that this is just what it is. It's emotions. She goes, she tells her terrible story. And again, I'm, I'm sorry she went through this. I wish that, that she didn't. Um, and, and then she tells about all the pro-life states that are being big, bad, and evil. Uh, she, all, all, she says it's basically one large scare tactic. This is why we need to have abortion. No, we don't. No, we don't. If your life is at risk, you can have an abortion, like legitimately at risk. The, the, uh, the baby might kill you. Um, if the baby is already dead, like miscarried, okay, you can do what you need to do to take care of, of, of those things. Like, that's not... None of this is legitimate. None of it makes sense. And what gets me is how she finishes the article. Um, I think, uh, there we go. I'll read the last paragraph. I chose to endure what I went through. This is Jenny. It was worth it because I wanted Max so badly, and I love him more than anyone in the world. But I would never, ever wish this on a woman facing an unwanted pregnancy. Neither would I. 
like i don't want women to die giving birth like i don't want that it's inhumane to force a woman or god forbid a girl to go through what i did and and this isn't more language from pro-choice people they'll talk about forced birth that women in in pro-life states they are forced to give birth that is so silly that language is so wrong no one forced you nine months prior to make certain uh, adult decisions that resulted in having a baby that's the choice everyone has a choice and the choice is hey maybe you shouldn't sleep with a person if you're not ready to have children that's the responsible thing to do that's the choice that we all have so i'm pro-choice if that's what you mean hey maybe you know be careful if you're not ready to have a child maybe you should be careful in the sexual decisions that you make i'm all for that responsibility but they'll use these words like pro, uh, uh, forced birth that's that's so silly do we use that in nature when um when a, an animal is about to give birth in nature do we say oh look she has been forced to give birth no it's just natural it's biological it's like eating and, and and drinking and sleeping it's just part of what you do you don't say forced sleeping or forced eating because it's just something natural but anyways be be very careful forced birth it's like it's not forced birth it's just a natural biological process that happens when you decide to sleep with someone and then the last sentence gets me that's why most mothers like me are pro-choice that's why most mothers like me are pro-choice and naturally nothing cited that's just kind of what what um what has been said but I, i'd like to see some numbers on that let's take mothers all across the globe and see all right are mothers pro-choice most of them i don't agree with that at all so just y'all be ready for these emotional rhetorical uh type tactics type talking points don't fall for it pro-life laws traditionally are abortion is banned except when the life of the mother is at risk that's just kind of a simple and there are some other very specific situations but by and large that's that's what it is but anyways, what are your thoughts, y'all? Make sure to text in at 202-249-5592. Text the letters PTR to that number and tell me your thoughts. Pro-forced birth. I just, that language right there. No, I do not agree with it. Y'all, this is WXJC Radio, Priority Talk. I hope you are enjoying yourself on this Friday night. Make sure you're driving safe. Make sure that you are, uh, you know, being careful. On the other side of this break, we'll talk about some of the transgender laws that are being passed in this country. We'll have a conversation about that. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Priority Talk. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Key Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment. 
256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment, 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. Hey, everybody, this is Pam Tebow, and I just want to give a shout-out to Greg Davis on Priority Talk. Welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. My name is Nate Williams. We have Andrew in the studio. We're on Mondays through Fridays, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. as we head towards the 6 o'clock hour on this Friday night. I hope y'all are doing well. We're talking news and politics. We talked a little bit about the Dadeville shooting. We talked a little little bit about SatanCon, which was interesting. And we talked some pro-life, pro-choice topics. And if you missed any of that, make sure to check out our podcast, Priority Talk. It's on Apple, Spotify, and elsewhere. And so as we close out this first hour, news and politics, we will talk about the House of Representatives passing the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act. Every Republican voted for it. And every Democrat voted against it. The bill would change the Title IX legislation to specify that when it comes to athletics, sex shall be recognized based solely on a person's reproductive biology and genetics at birth. This change would be significant considering that Title IX was passed in 1972 in order to prohibit discrimination on the basis of sex in educational programs and activities that receive federal funding. And this legislation obviously is good. This protects women in sports, girls in sports, and that's why it's named that. But what happens is, again, talking points, right? Everyone has their talking points. You say A, I say B, you respond with this, I respond with that. And so if Republicans are talking about protecting women and girls, you know what Democrats are talking about? Oh, we have to protect transgenders. And I've talked about this on the show before. Technically, There is no one who has ever been a transgender. Transgender exists at the same way that unicorns exist. It's not an actual thing because no one is actually able to change their biological sex. There are no men who have actually become women. And there are no women who have actually become men, which would be the the meaning of transgender. You were once one thing, and then you became another. But anyways, so transgenderism, uh, Democrats will say, oh, we got to protect transgender people. And the way Democrats phrase bills like this is that we are coming after transgenders. We are persecuting them. We are hunting them down, denying them opportunities yada 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 you you understand the the rhetoric part of it you got to drum up your base no we're not we're not we're not uh discriminating against trans people those who have gender dysphoria biological men who think that they're women you can still play sports you just have to play against other biological men biological women who believe that they're men you can still play sports at every level a trans identifying person 
can still play sports. You just have to play in the same league, the same uh, um, category, conference. I'm, I'm missing the word. Maybe it's whatever. The same demographics as others who are your own biology. At the heart of the debate, going back to the article, this is on uh, Christian Headlines. At the heart of the debate between the two political parties is who is most in need of protection from discrimination. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy spoke for the Republicans in arguing that there's a reason why there's men's and women's sports. It's about fairness. Florida Republican Greg Stoop? Don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. One of the bill's sponsors added that Congress first passed Title IX to enable women to have an equal playing field in athletics. It's telling that even those who oppose the bill have largely abandoned the argument that biological males have no innate advantages over biological females in athletic competitions. Instead, they've mostly made the debate about discrimination against transgender athletes. Now let's talk about that for a moment. It used to be because debates and talking points will change. As time goes on, a, a particular side will see, okay, what's the most effective way of phrasing this? And it used to be that Democrats would say, sure, like biological men, whatever, they should be allowed to play with women because there's no real big advantage biologically. Men aren't really stronger. Men aren't really bigger. Men aren't really this. And obviously that, I'm sorry, I, I typically am not this frank, that was dumb. That was just flat out dumb, dumb silliness to, to say that biological males have no innate physical advantage over biological females that was the kind of the old democrat talk, talking point that i don't hear as much now they go to discrimination oh you don't want to discriminate you don't want to discriminate and the answer is uh, okay let me go, talk, uh, go more into the article is mark pokin or pokin a democrat from wisconsin argued trans kids deserve the right to be equal members of their school communities, learn sportsmanship, and challenge themselves outside of the classroom, including by participating in school sports. So, so this is the argument. They deserve the right to be equal members. And to that, I say, absolutely, they do. Trans deserves to be equal to everyone else. Therefore, biological men should play against biological men you can identify as as women if you want but you should play against biological men so so it's all equal and and so this is where it comes into a little bit like logic and reason is obviously on our side like transgenders like just play in the di division there we go the division that's the word i was looking for play in the division of your biological sex Boom, bam, open, shut. Like, that is so simple. Uh, one thing I also heard, uh, I forget who it was. I need to, I need to find this. I think there was a Democrat in our government. Let me see if I can look this up. Um, might be able to find it. But what he tried to argue was that it doesn't happen. He's like, this is not even an issue. Like, it's so small. It's so, it doesn't even happen. I'm like, do you even remember the swimmer? The, 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 there's that swimmer that was wrecking everybody, destroying records. Um, 
and, and he was like, oh, well, it just doesn't even happen. Republicans are making a big deal of something that just doesn't happen much. I'm like, that's not true. Oh, my goodness. I'm trying to look for the article, and I cannot find it. So basically, I think what Republicans need to do, and and you always have to make your side seem... Um, uh, you want to be on the side of freedom. You want to be on the side of protecting. Again, people need protecting, right? The marginalized, minorities, women, right? Th these are things that make you feel more, uh, sound more sympathetic. And so on this issue, I honestly think that Republicans will win. I'm not like this with every social issue. But I think Republicans will win this one because women will get destroyed athletically by men. This is the the metrics you can see it with the times and the and the and the records. And so, in order for women not to be erased, they need to be protected. And I think using that language, protecting girls, don't we want to protect our daughters? Again, not only logically, reason based, not only. Will you win from that perspective? But also tugging at the heartstrings, you'll also win there because imagine you're a little girl. Lots of people have daughters. So when you use that language, protecting girls in sports, tell stories of, of, your, of your children, of your daughters, that not only wins minds, but it also does a good job of winning the heart, which matters. Emotions matter so much. As someone who generally, not always, but who is generally very logic-based, sometimes I just want to I want to say, oh, whoever makes the best argument should win. And while that's true, that's not often how we work because we're not just disembodied minds. We're not just brains floating around, logic, reason-based. We make decisions based off of our hearts and the way we feel. So Republicans need to be able to, to address it from that angle. Do you care about your daughters? Do you want your daughters getting college scholarships? Do you want your daughters to be safe on the playing field? I remember, I think this was in volleyball, one biological male, he was a transgender, spiked a ball so hard on someone's face that it injured her. Because again, it's a full-grown dude smashing a volleyball against a a, a lady's face and there was injuries it's just because it wasn't fair and i think of i think there have been a couple fights as well like mma type fights where it wasn't obviously fair y'all it's ridiculous and i think we can win the emotional conversation not just logic and reason we already have that but emotionally we can win that as well so let's stick with it i think we're doing good this bill is going to die in the senate or or, or biden's going to kill it so it's not going to go farther but at least it passed the house of representatives and we're going to keep fighting to protect our women and our girls that's what we should do y'all in this second hour we'll talk apologetics on the other side of the break we'll talk about common questions that atheists will ask and uh, do we have answers for them I believe we do, but to find out, you'll have to stay tuned for the second hour. This is WXJC Radio, Priority Talk. Don't go anywhere.